Hello and welcome to this Bonfire Night bonus episode of God in Film, the podcast where a Christian and an atheist dive into the best that cinema has to offer and see if we can find any parallels with the gospel or any other Bible stories. I'm poet and Roman candle maker, Giles Goff. And I am sauce maker and part-time Catherine Wheel, Phil Coleman. And today for this special episode, we're going to be looking at Fireman Sam the seminal children's cartoon that started in 1987 and was revived in the early 2000s. Phil, what does Fireman Sam mean to you? I mean, apart from the absolute emotional roller coaster, there's so many emotions Mm -hmm. that come to mind when it comes to Fireman Sam. I'm sure you'd agree with that. 100%. Fireman Sam taught me so much. It was an absolutely seminal experience. Fireman Sam taught me Mm. never Mm. play with matches... Don't overload a plug socket. Make sure to put the fire guard in front of the fire. All all these things, which is which has really done me a good stead over the years. They, you know, they, they just don't teach this stuff in school. Do you know what I mean? Like like this is no. the this this is one of those instances where art really is the the great teacher here. It's funny you say that. I remember my teacher, Mrs. Houseman, was trying to get us to come up with slogans about bonfire night. And I remember putting my hand up. I couldn't have been more than five. And I remember saying, Fireman Sam says, don't play with matches. And she was like, well done, Giles. And honestly, I can still remember that fact like 35 years later. So Fireman Sam has been responsible for some absolutely key memories in my life. I remember you saying that that teacher even shed a tear at that point. You know, like just... (laughs) Yeah. What a hero. That kid's going to grow up to be a Nobel Prize winner. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the Nobel Prize is in the post, but what are you going to do, you know? Plus, as well, the fact they make you pay the postage. Cheek. Yeah. There we are. All right, now it's time for (gasps) Phil's Facts. So, Fireman Sam is an animated children's television series about a fireman named Sam and his fellow firefighters and other residents in the fictional Welsh rural village of Pontypandy, which is really fun to say. Uh, it was broadcast for the first time in November 1987 on Welsh television channel S4C and is shown in more than 155 countries across the world, which is mental, actually. Mm-hmm. So, shall we get into some facts? Hells yes. The show was broadcast in English and Welsh at the same time, but on two different channels. In, in yeah. English, it was on the BBC, and in Welsh... It was on S4C. Growing up where I was, we had the we had the option to watch Fireman Sam either in English or Sam Tan in Welsh. <laughs> and obviously, I don't know how good your Welsh is, but Sam Tan literally just r- translates as Sam Fire or I, Fire Sam. You know? I, I was that that was literally one of my facts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, no, it's apologies. all good. I just like it. I just like it's. I mean, like, Sam Fire sounds more like a superhero's name. It's like, oh, my God, it's Sam Doesn't Fire. It you know, like, he, is it, it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Sam Fire. <laughs> you know? In the show, Norman has caused more in- emergencies than any other character in the series, and that tracks. <laughs> Freaking Norman, though. Like, I mean, is Norman okay? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, we are going to get into it with Norman. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I think Norman is very much... Um, a reflection of society as it was 
yeah. back when you know Fire and Sound was first aired in mm-hmm. in 1987, and it's very clear to see with the amount of uh, amount of hijinks he managed to get himself into, all of which very dangerous, of course. Yeah. So several characters in the series have been named after and inspired by famous people and characters. Elvis okay. Cridlington is named after and inspired by the famous singer Elvis Presley. Station yeah. Officer Steele was inspired by Dad's Army character Captain Mainwaring. Uh, Captain ha- Mannering. Mannering. I've, I, you yeah. know what? You, you know when you see something written down and you have no idea how you pronounce it, so you just give it a good old college try. Because <laughs> I have no idea how to say that. Dillis Price, or mm-hmm. Dillis Price. I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce that, actually. Dillis. Uh, Dillis, okay. Uh, it was yeah. inspired... I've got an Auntie Dillis. Uh, oh. well, a great Auntie Dillis, but she's right. pretty great. That makes more sense, okay. Was inspired by Coronation Street character Hilda Ogden. While Norman Price's possible inspiration comes from the cartoon character Dennis the Menace, which I think that tracks in some ways. The setting of the series is the fictional village of Pontypandy in Wales, which is a portmanteau of the names of two Welsh towns, Pontypridd and Tonnepandy, which I think I've pronounced correctly. More or less. You, you're, you're pretty much there. I'm happy with more or less. Not being yeah. Welsh, I think I'll take that as a win. <laughs> you know, it's a hard language to master. It's not So, you know, for me, it's, it seems fairly straightforward, but I appreciate it's tricky for some people. I wish I could repeat that back to you. Do you know what? <laughs> I just call it Clan 5 PG because that's what everyone else calls it. So. And lastly, and this might be one of my favourite facts possibly ever just because it's ridiculous. The the Independent Film Association of Schools in Ireland started a petition for the show to be translated into... Now, it says Irish here, but I imagine it's probably, like, Gaelic, Irish Gaelic. Irish Gaelic. Irish Gaelic, yeah. something like that. They started a petition for the show to be translated into... I'm going to say Gaelic. Um, for the 20 viewers <laughs> in the county of Galway. Because those right. 20 viewers... <laughs> That, that's that they they definitely need to you know pay the salary of a uh, of a translator for the Absolutely. whole study. I know. heard that when they, they, they moved it, it uh, when they tried to sell it over into America, they gave all the characters American accents. I'm like, how, <laughs> how though? Like growing up as a kid, like the the number of things that Wales has given to the world, you can count <laughs> on one hand. You know, it's like especially in the 80s, it was like Tom Jones, yeah. Shirley Bassey. Mm-hmm. Fireman Sam. And just, so, like, how do you take the Welshness out of Fireman Sam? Just think of the name of the setting. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's like, we're in Panty Pandy, Milwaukee. You know, like, it's not like, it's, 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 there's nowhere like that. It's like if you gave all the characters in Hamilton Welsh accents, you know? It just, it would, <laughs> it would just be a bit strange, you know? Hello, George Washington in Ui. Yeah. You know, it just, it wouldn't quite work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just imagine Hercules Mulligan. I need no introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry for the terrible Welsh accent. Anybody in Wales, um, please don't come. Not at for me. the first time. America, have a word with yourself, please. Yeah, just just have a long, hard stare in the mirror and stop. <laughs> anyway, that is my fact. Fantastic. Okay, Phil. I'm not going to lie. I think 50 or so episodes in. I have absolutely outdone myself when it came to this guest. I have, <laughs> okay. I've not told you it is. I nope. want it to be. I want your reactions to be nice and fresh. This is probably the biggest get that we've ever had for the oh. podcast. 
That's that's it's a bold claim to make. 100%. We've had some great guests. Yeah, we've had some pretty great guests. I tell you what, you start listening to it now and you can judge for yourself. Okay. Here we go. Hello, I'm Sam Jones and I'm best known as Fireman Sam or Sam Tan if you prefer. And I'm a senior firefighter for the Ponty Pandy Fire Service in South Wales. Sam, it's such a pleasure to have you with us today. You've always been something of a hero of mine, and it's an honour to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. Likewise, me and the boys really enjoy listening to your podcast while cleaning down Duke to the engine. <laughs> that Phil is a character, isn't he? He certainly is. Okay, let's get straight into it. What is the biggest challenge you face in the run-up to bonfire night? Well, I think it's a constant battle trying to educate people about fire safety on bonfire night. There's the obvious things, like always leave dealing with the fireworks to an experienced adult. Mm-hmm. Never putting fireworks in your pocket. Yeah. Never going back to a firework once it's been lit. Yeah. And to never touch the hot end of a sparkler. But for us, what's frustrating is the amount of people setting off fireworks outside of bonfire nights. Fireworks can be very scary for animals who should always be kept inside on bonfire nights. And on the 5th of November... People expect there to be fireworks and can prepare for them. But when they're going off unexpectedly, it can be very scary, especially for the animals who might be out nearby. Yeah, definitely. People need to learn to use fireworks responsibly. That brings me to my next question. Some critics have noticed there's a very high number of accidents in Pontypandy, which is comparatively quite a small town. What would you say to the people who say you don't spend enough time on educating people about fire safety? Well... Listen here, right? You've got to remember that Ponty Pandy Fire Service actually hosts four emergency services. We have the Fire and Rescue Team, the Ocean Rescue Team, the Mountain Rescue Team and the Paramedics. Now, it's important to remember that despite all these things we offer, we're still an incredibly small team. There's me, Station Officer Steele, Elvis, Trevor, our Auxiliary Fireman, and more recently, Penny. Now, that's barely enough to cover one shift. Mm -hmm. In England, they're looking at a reduction of firefighters by 20% since 2010. And our colleagues in North Wales are potentially facing further cuts that put lives at risk. Now, don't get me wrong. Everyone here has high levels of training to deal with various types of emergencies. And we're always in a high state of readiness. Mm. I, for one, can put on my coat and hat in less than seven seconds flat. But there's really only so much you can do. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, listen, I totally agree. That actually brings me to another point I was going to make, Sam. Do you ever find that this devotion to your job impacts your private life in any way? Uh, you've been a bachelor for some time now, so I'm just wondering if it's difficult to form any like meaningful relationships with such a, a demanding job. Well, I'm glad you've asked me that, because the thing I really want people to know is... Oh! There goes a fire bell. Oh, oh, best be off. Lovely talking to you. Okay, all right. Okay, thank you so much for talking to us, Fireman Sam. Yeah, that... <laughs> it's really good. Oh, it's really good. So, Phil, that was Fireman Sam. What did you think? I am absolutely bowled over that you managed to get hold of... Sam Tan himself, mm-hmm. you know, like like that's. I, I mean, I'm a guy as well. Like he was so humble, and yeah. you know, he spent all of his time just trying to make sure that we, the public, are taking fire safety seriously. And and that and that's yeah. and that really is, especially you know, with uh, bonfire night coming up and that, 
is the most important thing. It was quite a big thing to get him, but of course, as you know, I'm Welsh. Everybody in Wales knows everybody else. Yeah, you actually have a WhatsApp group, I've heard. Yeah, uh, Wales. The, just... Wales, the WhatsApp group. Every time something pops off in England, somebody is blowing up the WhatsApp going, oh, what are they up to this yeah. time? You know? <laughs> have you seen that bloody fool? <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for... <gasps> Finding their faith in the film. So obviously, there are many lenses through which we can observe Fireman Sam. Mm. If you think about it, Wales was the first country ever to get colonised by the English. And (laughs) I think the fact that Station Officer Steele is very clearly not only English, but represents that kind of ruling class and the fact that he's in charge over the Welsh characters. I think there is an implicit criticism going on there. Mm. There's a conciliatory sort of tone in there because obviously Steele's a good dude. He does his job. He he gets gets everything looking absolutely shape shape but mm-hmm. the, the fact that sam is the is the titular hero in this the, the criticism is is there i know it's 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 fireman sam and it should really be you know like station officer sam like i think he's well, in the there was one point where he got offered station officer of a the neighboring town of newtown but he had to turn it down because he felt that ponty pandy just needed him too damn much and i that's i see fair. a lot of the, the heroism in that he goes where he's needed he's not interested in the promotions he's not interested yeah. in the titles he's just there to do the job i guess you could say that newtown fireman sam is the hero that they deserve but not one they need right now so yeah the one character we will be focusing on quite a bit is Norman. Ah, Norman, yes. Now, obviously, some critics over the years have theorised that gingers have no souls, and that's why Norman is quite as terrible as he is. Yes, I have heard about this, the soullessness of people with, um, you know, red hair. Yeah, I've done a lot of uh, thinking and a lot of praying on this issue Mm. and uh, kind of really dug into the exegesis. I've come to the conclusion that I think... I believe gingers do have souls, right? Um, even if they're not apparent, even if it's not obvious. I mean, I mean, and I, I guess a soul can be veiled in some way by the actions of the individual. Yeah, and Norman is flipping; or he's never done with with doing these kind of these kind of actions. Yeah, yeah. And the episode I wanted to draw your attention to was Norman's pitfall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And I'm sure I know you know this one. I, yeah. I, I shouldn't have to explain it for you, but for the listeners at home, I'll give you a, just a, a general sort of synopsis of what happens. I mean, for for me, for me, it's the, it's every Christmas day. You know what I mean? It's yeah. our that's it's our this it's our it's a wonderful life. You know? It's yeah. So Fireman Sam's nephew and niece are out having a uh, a picnic outside, and flipping Norman comes along, right? Flipping and there's Norman. one moment where he's st- <sighs> just dude just. Pull yourself together, Norman. Yeah. Northern. yeah, have a word with yourself, you know. Norman comes along and steals a cream cake. And then it's one of the beautiful moments where the retribution is swift because at that point, the bees are actually attracted to the cream cake. And he's running away. He's trying to get away from yeah. the bees, but he's still mm-hmm. carrying the cream cake. And they tell him, get rid of the cream cake. And he doesn't. And he falls down a disused mine shaft. 
Do you know, I can already see some faith-based parallels 100%. here. So clearly what we're dealing with here is an allegory for man's sinful nature and the consequences of sin. I, th- I figured you probably already twigged on that one. Oh, I mean, if as soon, as soon as you mention something like falling into a pit, then we get descent, we get descent into hell. You know, it's it's. It, it, I feel as though this writes itself in some ways. You exactly, know? exactly. So Norman knows that he's doing the wrong thing. He does it anyway. And I feel it's almost like what we're seeing here is the entirety of the human experience from genesis to now and i feel like we could just have some sequences may have been shortened thrown in there you know because it just sums up all of us in that moment i'm obviously abridged for time but like you know it's a 10 minute episode of pure quality oh sometimes you've got to you've got to cut out the the fat trim the fat that's the term isn't it trim the fat he falls into this situation and who gets him out without even thinking about it? <laughs> you, you know what? You don't even have to say, but I'll let you say it anyway. Fireman freaking Sam, okay? Fireman's Not only my that, G. You've got <laughs> Sam, you've got Elvis, and Station Officer Steel. Oh, Effectively, yes. Pontypandy's very own Trinity coming down to save him, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, you know what? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I would never have made that connection. So, actually, Station Officer Steel is obviously clearly representative of a very traditional view of God the Father. You know, mm-hmm. heavily patriarchal with this sort of the the English accent and the sort of wax mustache and all that sort of thing. There, there are conflicting views as to which one represents Jesus and which one is representing the Holy Spirit in there. Because my 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 gut reaction, yeah is that Fireman Sam is Jesus in this context. But, yeah. like, Elvis is right there. Elvis, the king of rock and roll, the king, and king of all kings. So it's just, it's like, these parallels are just staring you in the face. And Do you know what I mean? It's almost like they're begging to be analysed. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and I would say on the on the topic of, El- the topic of Elvis being possibly the, uh, the spirit there, like, you know, mm-hmm. I would say that he was kind of like, you know, the the heart and soul of the station as it were you know yeah. he i think he lends his spirit to the morale of the team so but that's just 100%. my layman's knowledge for better for, for better terms you know yeah love it and obviously they come in they save him they get him out and the thing is with norman we know he wants to be better we know he's trying to be He's trying to be better than who he is, he's, but he's, we also know yeah. he's gonna he's gonna screw up, don't we? You he's, know? he's yearning for redemption, but at the end of the day, he is only human and ginger. Yeah, he's yearning for redemption, but he knows he's gonna screw up. So, and do you know what? When he does screw up, whenever that happens in the future, Fireman Sam is there on time. He is. He'll come in to save him irrespective of whose fault it was or anything like that. Mm. He's constantly gracious in these situations. And I think the parallels are just obvious, you know? Well, I mean, he is the hero next door at the end of the day, and much in the same way Jesus is, especially if you live next to a church. (laughs) 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 Okay, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we could talk for hours about the many obvious parallels in Fireman Sam, but we're going to leave it there Blindingly obvious. You check it out for yourself. We have some reviews. We got a brilliant um, one from Big Picture Man on uh, Apple Podcasts. Love that guy. (laughs) He said, excellent episode on Oppenheimer. This was a very thought-provoking episode, which examines the history and the ethics of Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs. Compelling listening. And do you know what? The Oppenheimer episode was like a ridiculously popular episode. Yeah. the download figures for that were, were like biggest since our Exorcist episode. And so. t- to be fair, and the Exorcist episode 
had a literal exorcist. I still can't get over that, actually. That was yeah. that was so bloody cool. Yeah, we do not play when it comes to our guest bookings. I mean, Fireman Sam. Yeah, right. Anyway, it's time for us to go. Phil, have you had a good time? You know what? It's nice to be back, albeit briefly, and I always have a good time doing this. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Awesome, guys. Bye. Bye. Gordon Films hosted and created by Giles Goff and Phil Coleman. Mixing and editing by Giles. Our logo was designed by Julie Walsh. And our theme tune was composed by Rick Lee. Waffle editing by Claire Goff. Gordon Film is a Dask production. Please rate and review. And while you're at it, give them five stars, why don't you? They're a cracking pair of lads and I know they'd appreciate it. Have a great bonfire night and remember, be safe. <laughs>